0: It's Let's ride time for the words that are recited before each and every game here at Dodger Stadium. Take it away, Finn. It's time for Dodger Baseball.
1: What's going on, Dodgers fans? Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Incline Dodgers podcast. We're very excited this week because we are joined by an awesome guest. We're very thankful that he's joining us. He plays for your Los Angeles Dodgers. He's an outfielder. He made his Major League debut earlier this season, and he's been tearing it up in the minors. We're so grateful to be joined by James Altman. James, thank you so much for joining the Incline this week.
0: What's up, guys? Thanks for having me.
1: So... I'm going to be honest. My my infatuation grew with you during spring training, entering the, the 2021 season. I didn't really know who you were. Uh, I saw you make some incredible catches in the outfield. You had multiple doubles. I believe you even had a triple. You easily became my favorite Dodgers rookie slash prospect that has just got me the most hyped. Uh, my first question to you, James, is you got 29 home runs across double a and triple a 102 rbis you even have one at the major league level which we'll get into in a little bit what has been your the biggest adjustments that you made coming into this season compared to years past past, because i don't know if you were really a power hitter up until this season
0: yeah i mean in terms of adjustments honestly um just building my bat quality um learning from, from all these guys, learning from the experiences I've had, uh, you know, obviously building my swing, but in, in terms of physical adjustments, you know, compared to last year, there haven't been too many, just maybe minor tweaks here and there. But, um, I would say the biggest thing is not being too focused on what my swing has been looking like. Um, just more so like, does it feel right? am I on time and i um, am i swinging at good pitches? and um, I think you know if i'm able to do that, then the rest will take care of itself.
2: James, you talked about changing your swing a little bit and from what we've seen from you not only at the major league level but at the minor league level is you have a very short compact swing which is kind of unusual for a left-handed hitter usually you know the lefty's got that long looping swing, but you've you've kind of shortened it and it's very Compact straight to the ball. Um, how was it adjusting to that type of swing? And how obviously you found success with it?
0: Yeah. I mean, if you if you asked me last year what it looked like, I would have told you it's like a big, like big movements. Um, and 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 a big swing. Um, obviously, just by looking at it, it's it's a little bit smaller than that. Um, but you know, I couldn't tell you why I swing like that, but that's just the way that feels comfortable. That's the way I'm able to get in the zone the best. Um, You know, a lot of good hitting coaches that I've had, uh, they, they, you know, kind of preach having a good hand path, getting in the zone deep, and then, you know, being able to to stay connected all the way through. Sorry. Um, So, you know, maybe that combined with maybe I'm – Maybe my hips are a little tight or or, you know, something like that, just the way that my body moves. It's just it's just kind of the way that it is. Um, Honestly, I've I've never really thought about that. I never thought it was compact until I heard people saying it was when I debuted.
1: (laughs) Earlier this season, not too long ago, you had two cycles in a four or five day span, including a walk off home run.
0: (laughs) What got into you? So I was out for a couple of weeks. Um, I got hit by a pitch in the foot, and and uh, my toe was broken. But uh, you know, I I spent a lot of that time like looking at my swing since I couldn't take at bats or anything. So I, I just spent a lot of time making sure everything was like dialed in as possible while I was rehabbing. Um, so I think when I came back, I was really excited to to make sure you not not make sure, but I was really excited to you know put that to practice and um you know I think I think there's some good adjustments and you know I just got hot and and I couldn't tell you how the two cycles happened I hit one in high school but it was the single was questionable I thought I thought it was an error but they gave it to me but uh yeah I don't know just I was I was seeing the ball well and just trying to hit the ball hard not trying to do too much
2: I have a question about looking at tape because a lot of you know players will study their swing uh before during the game even on the ipads they're they're studying the swing they're studying the pitchers um you said you had a lot of time to look at your swing to get dialed in how much are you thinking about that when you get to the plate or when you get to the plate that kind of goes away and you're just you know in the batter's box
0: yeah it it mostly goes away um i'm just looking at it while i'm training so like while i'm in the cage or doing stuff like that um maybe before i go hit i'll go look at it and just be like okay what's it look like what did it feel like and then just kind of combine the two of those and be like okay i need to do this today in the cage and so then that'll just kind of be my thought process or while i'm looking at video I'll be like am, was i even on time for this pitch am i swinging at good pitches uh, i feel like it's mostly that um and then and then, if those two are right, then I'll look at my swing.
1: What I've noticed this season that is there's been a, a number of MLB vets in, uh, compared to years past playing at the AAA level, including Kevin Pilar, Edwin Rios. I don't know if you crossed paths with Jake Lamb, but when he was with the Dodgers, did any of them or any unnamed vets that I just threw out there, or even at the major league level, were any of them specifically mentoring you this season?
0: So Pilar just got to us because he's rehabbing. I, I wasn't up in AAA yet um to play with him. Same with Lamb. Uh kind of same with the Rios too. I played with Rios since like August now. But um you know honestly um our hidden coaches we have Brett Pill and AA and Manny Burris and AAA, Um both big leaguers both have a lot of experience. Um I would say that I would bounce things off of them a lot more. And then, um, you know, once I got to AAA, the age increased a lot. Uh, So, a lot of guys I was playing with had a lot of experience, a lot more than me. So, I, you know, just kind of observed them, I feel like, Uh, just because they're, they, they got a lot of that batch under their belt and, and they, uh, you know, they've been through the ringer. So, I just kind of tried to absorb as much as I could from them. But um, in terms of mentorship, I would say it was more of the, the hidden coaches.
2: I want to take you back to your MLB debut end of July. And uh, before you get to the, the, your first at bat, which I want to talk about, what was it like walking into that clubhouse for the first time? Obviously there's a lot of, a lot of pressure uh, when, you know, a rookie comes in, you've got the uh, the backstage Dodgers crew following you around, your family's there. Um, there, there's a lot of hype. Uh, what was that like walking into that clubhouse? And similarly to what Kevin asked you before, were there any, you know, veterans in that clubhouse that kind of like welcomed you in or kind of, you know, showed you the ropes when you first got there in Colorado?
0: Yeah. So, I was fortunate enough to have played spring training with them. So I was able to spend two springs now with a lot of those guys and kind of get to know them. You know, my first spring training, I was terrified. Uh, I, I, yeah. So, but it turns out they're all good guys. So, you know, I knew that going into my second spring training. So I talked to them a little bit. So by the time that I got there, I felt like I kind of knew them a little bit, obviously as As well as you can know them for the weeks that I was there, but um yeah, I mean, I was asking Will Smith a lot of questions uh, I was asking I was asking everybody a lot of questions, actually. Um, what were some of the questions wanna, you were asking? Just more along the lines of like, um, what should I be doing like as the new guy, uh, you know all this stuff? I remember before my first game Muncie was joking around with me, telling me that like, just so you know, it's a completely different game now. And it's, you know, but what he was really saying was like, it's the same game. So just do, do whatever you've been doing your whole life. That's awesome.
2: So, all right, you're in the clubhouse, you're getting, you're getting ready for the game. You go up to the plate for your first at bat. Obviously we know it was a home run, but what, just walk us through that. Cause that, you know, I, I had heard on the uh, I believe on the on the backstage Dodgers uh, clip that you you said that you kind of blacked out or something like you just it was just kind of like a a blur to you when when you hit that ball and you were rounding the bases. But can you kind of walk us through that that at bat and what happened?
0: Yeah, so. Uh, get in the box, running on first base, first pitch is a fastball, um, kind of like. Not up, but it's elevated um about middle of the way and I missed under it. I was a little late. Um, so I was like, okay, Marquez kinda has a uh kind of has a quick arm. Um I gotta I gotta treat this like it's a little bit harder. Next pitch, fastball again. Uh umpire called it low. So it's one-one, and now I'm thinking, okay, like I could probably get anything here. Uh I'm just gonna be on the fastball because I don't know what his other stuff even looks like. So there's no <laughs> point in sitting on it. Um, so I was looking for another fastball and I got one and I was just trying to be as relaxed as I could be. Um, before I went up there, I was just telling myself just relax, relax, relax. Um, cause I knew I was going to have a lot of nerves, but, uh, yeah, I mean, hit it and I was like, Oh, I think that's gone. And, <laughs> and then I just round bases and you know, uh, I feel like in the in the very moment I was treating it like you know it was just another day at the field. Obviously, I knew it wasn't, but um, I was just trying my best to treat it like it was a home run that I was hitting in Double A or something like that.
1: Yeah, when you hit when you hit that home run, I fell out of my chair because <laughs> my Wi Fi is a little spotty. So I don't know if you heard me, but there's been no Dodgers prospect or rookie that I've been more hyped for than you.
2: <laughs> Thank yeah. You. Yeah, you, you I mean, not only not only the the, the debut, but you ended up hitting 462 uh, at, at the major league level, six for 13, 1400 OPS. I mean, you you were on fire. What is it like, though, when you you know, relatively speaking, that your time may be limited at the major league level, at least when you first came up and you're tearing it up and then you get the news that you have to go go back down. What, what is that like? I mean, is it kind of just like a, you know, this is the business, this is what happens. But I, I imagine that, you know, when you're, when you're going pretty good, you want to keep going, you want to stay
0: at the major league level. So was
2: that a disappointment to you when you first got sent down?
0: Uh, I wouldn't say it was a disappointment because I knew, I knew guys were coming off, um, rehab. So, you know, I, there's no reason to be disappointed over it. If I, if I, if the writing was on the wall, Um, I just wanted to do my best to, you know, kind of keep me in their mind, uh, so to speak. But, um, you know, I, there's no reason to be upset. I, once, once they gave me the news, I was like, okay, like, I feel like I learned a lot in this one week. So I can put this to practice, be able to play every single day in triple a. So, you know obviously I wasn't happy that I got sent down, but I was excited to be able to work on, on what I learned.
1: Today's episode of the Incline Dodgers is brought to you by TickPick. We're so excited to have TickPick be a part of the show, what they've been doing all season long, not only for sporting events, but for concerts, broadways, anything music related fun. You go to their website or you download the app TickPick, no service on your fees, And what they're offering to first-time listeners right now on the incline is use the promo code, all caps, incline, and you'll save $10 off your first purchase of $49 or more. Just use incline, you get $10 off that first purchase of $49 or more. So not many Dodger games left or baseball game left in general. So download the TickPick app today, go to the website, you'll find great prices, and go to Dodger Stadium, see your favorite player, see the next great prospect. Still time left. Do it, guys. I have a few random questions because anytime I get a chance to interview a Dodgers player, I got to know the random thing. So first off, what's one of your most favorite things to eat?
0: Ooh, I eat a lot of different things. Um, I eat a lot of different foods, different styles. I would say... What's your go-to? I think... I think if I had sushi every single day of my life, I wouldn't be upset. I wouldn't get sick of it. Um, I agree with that. Yeah, my my rule is for myself that I only want to eat sushi like if I'm kind of near the water. Uh, <laughs> um, you yeah, you don't want you don't want some
2: of that inland sushi. You know, you don't know <laughs> where it's coming from. You don't know how long it took to
0: get there. I I, I get yeah, that. Yeah, uh, A lot sometimes, of good sushi, Sometimes you know, I like- can't. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh sometimes I can't help myself. I'm like, okay, I want some sushi. But uh <laughs> yeah, sushi. Uh I love Chinese food. I love all foods. I like, yeah, it's that's a that's a really tough question. But I'm gonna I'm gonna say sushi as of right now. Solid. But that'll probably change tomorrow. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Who was a favorite player of yours growing up or even more recently?
0: Uh I mean Grew up going to Giants games, so I was watching Barry Bonds all the time. So that one's that one's an easy one. Um but I remember I remember when I was a kid, I really, really liked Ray Durham for some reason. Just switch hitter. Yeah, switch hitter, second baseman. I I played infield at the time when I was like eight. Um so I, I, I really liked Ray Durham. Uh I'm gonna go with one of those two, yeah for sure.
2: If I could just step in because, you know, growing up a, a, a Giants fan and then playing for the Dodgers, did did that when you, when you when you when you joined the Dodgers, did that thought cross your mind? Was it a little weird or what, how, how did you feel about the Dodgers prior to joining them?
0: Honestly, like once I got to high school, I just became more of a baseball fan in general, as opposed to like growing up a Giants fan or, you know, all this. So, by the time I was done with college, I was, I was happy to be playing anywhere. And, you know, looking back at it now, I'm really glad that, uh, I did play for the Dodgers because, you know, who knows, maybe I wouldn't have developed the way that I did through the minor leagues.
2: And then you got to play against the giants. So that, that must've been really cool. I mean, you, you, it was at, it was at Oracle park. So like, what was that, was that kind of a thrill for you to, to face the team you grew up watching?
0: Yeah, it was cool. It, um, it was cool being on the uh, field level. Uh, the only time I had been was when I was 10 years old and got to run the bases after a day game. (laughs) Nice. Uh, so it was, it was cool to see it from a different perspective for sure. Um, but you know, I was, I was going in there trying to just be focused on my business, uh, doing my job. But um, it was it was cool because I got I had a lot of friends and family able to come to the game and, you know, see me play a lot of them for the first time. So it was cool. You got any more, Kev? Yeah.
1: yeah, our co-host David Rosenthal wanted to know who's been the toughest pitcher you've faced so far at the minor league level. It might be someone that uh, general fans aren't familiar with, whether he's a prospect for another team.
0: Ooh, I'm trying to think to this year. There's been a lot of guys where I come back into the dugout and I'll, I'll <laughs> just tell somebody I'll be like, yeah, I don't want to face that guy again. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Oh uh, man. Um, Not Herman Marquez though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he was tough. He, he got me. He's my second at bat. Uh, his, his curveball is good. Yeah. But, um, man, uh, I'm sorry, I'm taking so long. I'm trying to give you guys a good answer. That's quite a. There was a lot of guys on the Amarillo Sod Poodles that I thought were tough. Um, they were Diamondbacks. Uh, Jarvis, I think Bryce Jarvis is his name. Um, okay. he always gave me a tough time. He would he would front door this changeup that was really tough to swing at. Um, I don't know if it was intentional or not, but it was a good pitch. Um, I I would put him up there. Casey Legumina, I think is his last name. I'm 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 sure I butchered that. With the twins, he's got electric stuff. Um, I always I was felt like I had to be super locked in to face him. Uh, yeah. To be honest, it's it's day by day like sometimes i'll just face like a random not random but like i'll just face a guy that i i don't know and then oh my god he was nasty um if if this continues and i think of somebody i'll i'll bring him up but for sure but i i face a lot of nasty guys
2: I'm going to ask you uh, about your name real quick because uh, it's a great baseball name and obviously everyone is, is, is having fun with it. Uh, Whatever you, you, you make a great catch in the outfield or you get a, you, you keep getting base hits. You can't get him out, man. And all that stuff. Um, When you were growing up playing this game, obviously you probably heard that kind of stuff all the time. You know, does it does it get old or is it kind of like, you know, uh, a fun thing for you when when people kind of, you know, associate your your last
0: name with baseball? Uh, It's it's cool. Sometimes, you know. If if I'm on the road and it's just nonstop, it's like, guys, I've been hearing this since <laughs> I was 16 years old, like. You're you're not like they would be like, oh, get out, man. And then everyone would start busting up laughing like that's, that's the oldest joke I've ever heard. Not uh, original guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, sometimes there are original ones. I, I can't think of any off the top of my head, but they'll have like an original one. And I'll think it's kind of funny, but, uh, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's cool. I, uh, you know, it, it'd be better if I was a pitcher cause then I'm the out man, but, uh, right. so I, I feel like I've had to spend a lot of energy, making myself not be the outman. <laughs> uh-huh.
2: that's good that's good um yeah,
0: when ryan pepio
1: joined us a few weeks ago he definitely spoke greatly of you so we are we, i mean we already knew yeah. how great of a player you were but it's cool to hear a, a pitcher like ryan pepio speak so
0: fondly of you i hate facing pepio i hate facing pepio he's an how accident.
2: much how how often have you faced him like in like you know simulated games or stuff like that yes
0: yeah, like spring training when we're doing uh, sim games or, you know, live at-bats or something. He's he's just an uncomfortable at-bat. It's, it's really uncomfortable.
2: His stuff moves like no one's business.
0: Yeah, it does. And he can throw anything for a strike. Throws hard. He's good. Yeah.
2: Uh, got a, a, a final question for me. Um, I want to talk a little bit about about music and I like asking players about their, their walk-up songs. Um, what I don't remember. Well, you didn't, you didn't end up playing a, a home game with the Dodgers. So, no. but I, but I'm curious what, what would have been your, your walk-up song had had you played at Dodger stadium this year?
0: Uh, it pro- so my walk-up song all year was jungle by Andre Nicotina. Uh, he's a Bay area rapper. Cool. Um, you know, I, I would be playing a lot of his music when I would be jumping rope with my, uh, my strength coach during the off season. And, uh, you know, my strength coach was big in on, you know, just saying like jumping rope is like good for your mind, like your timing, your athleticism. So I kind of just carried that into hitting, uh, at the same time. Cause it, I, I saw a lot of correlations, and, uh, you know, I've just been rolling with that. And I feel like since I'm from the Bay, I should choose something, uh Bay Area rapper or something, something like that. So I've, I've been liking it. Cool, man.
1: All right, James. Well, we really appreciate your time. My last question for you is any time during your, your minor leagues career, did you face a pitcher who's well-known at the major league level like rehabbing or, like, WTF?
0: I think my first – at bat off a big leaguer was in 2019 uh montgomery from the cubs was rehabbing um i think that was the first big leaguer that i faced where i was like okay like this is this is my test uh yeah it was it was in low a too at the time but uh uh montgomery was the first one uh i faced flarity last year um while he was rehabbing, same with Michaelis uh, in the same week, actually, we faced Michaelis twice, which sucked, but uh, faced both of them um, when we were in Springfield. I think those were the, the two biggest names that I've faced as, as rehabbers in the minor leagues.
2: Awesome. Well, James, thanks so much for joining us, man. This was awesome. Uh we've we've marveled at your career so far. It's been electric. Uh the two uh the two cycles were insane. Your Major League debut was insane, and I think a lot of Dodgers fans are clamoring to see you back up at the big league level. So, we're really pulling for that and can't wait to see what you do next year as well.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, you know, I'm I'm excited to be a Dodger and, you know, hopefully hopefully I can make that happen. Exactly. We are too
1: yeah. Thank you so much, James. You're killing it. Keep it up. Uh, looking forward to you in 2023. I expect really big things. I, I have no doubt because you have the talent.
0: Thank you guys.
2: All right, man. Take care.
0: All right. Take it easy.
1: I wanted to give a special shout out to one of our most loyal listeners, Ryan. You can find him on Twitter at catch the blues. Ryan went out of his way when he was watching the Dodgers down at the, the AAA level. He went up to James Outman. Got to know him, mentioned our show, name dropped us, the Incline Dodgers, of course. James immediately agreed to come on the show. So thank you so much, Ryan, for making that happen. Awesome time getting to know James Outman. Help out the show. Give us a five-star rating. Subscribe to us. Leave an Apple review telling us who your favorite host is, any of that fun stuff. Uh, Follow us on Twitter. Ask us questions. Email us. We'll answer your questions on air. Uh that's always one of the most fun part of the show, seeing what kind of creative stuff you guys come up for. Uh, we'll be back later this week talking the latest with Dodgers. There's been a few big stories that broke over the course of the weekend, uh, basically right after and during this James Outman interview. But we wanted to get this one out to you guys as soon as possible. But I can't wait to talk about Craig Kimbrell no longer being the Dodgers closer. That was inevitable just based off what we've seen so far this season. Total roller coaster ride. Not even let it go could save Craig Kimbrell. The question mark now for this guy is: Will he make the postseason roster in a lower leverage role? Phil Bickford, the job was yours, buddy. But after what you did to the in that most recent performance against the Cardinals, major question mark. So we'll get into that. Albert Pujols totaling his career home run total to 700. He got two in one night against the Dodgers, 699 and 700, the two-run home run off Andrew Heaney, and then the three-run home run off Phil Bickford. After Dave Roberts pulled Heaney to bring in Bickford, he coughed up a large breaking fat slider. He coughed up a large fat, I mean fat like Snorlax slider, two hour pulls, and that was a no-doubter, so... Personally, I like to see the, the historic milestones. So we'll talk about that more in a few days. But congratulations to Albert Poulos. 700 career home runs is just big. Dustin May going on the IL for the Dodgers. That's obviously a big blow as well. Many of you, including David and Jake, made a case for him to be in the Dodgers postseason rotation. I, on the other hand, had not seen enough. He just did not have it sound mechanically, but now with him going on the aisle with a back injury, he is out for the rest of the regular season. Dave Roberts doesn't seem too optimistic that he's going to be able to be built up to be a starter, at least for the NLDS. They're now pivoting to hopefully Tony Gonsolin, who is going to make a rehab game. And then assuming he comes out of that unscathed and no soreness could be back in the Dodgers rotation and right now, according to Dave Roberts and the Dodgers training staff, four innings pitched for the NLDS is sounding like a best-case scenario. And I'll, I'll take that granted that the Dodgers bullpen is very strong. Brewstar come comeback looks good so far. Yancey Almonte is on the verge of being activated. The narrative with the Dodgers going into this postseason, not the traditional starter into the bullpen, but more, How are we going to get 27 outs and how are we going to get that the most effectively? So if you can put in Tony Gonsolin and he gets you 12 solid outs, that just means you got to use the Dodgers pen, get that other 15. So we'll see how that works out. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of the Incline Dodgers podcast presented by fan sided supported by tick pick. You guys have a great week. Go Dodgers. 106 wins and counting chance to break that record. 107-plus, most all-time in Dodgers history, and they got a date with the San Diego Padres.
3: BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then